0: Thank you for tuning into the Healthy Minds podcast, where we host conversations with people who are really good listeners and we ask them to share with us. I'm Lucy Caldwell and I work for the Fairfax County Public Schools. Today we're talking with Stephanie Herman. She's a licensed social worker who coordinates services for 40 Fairfax County Public Schools and she supervises 30 social workers. She has worked in social work since 1999. Stephanie's certified in Mind-Body Medicine, Trauma 101, Youth Mental Health First Aid, and School Refusal, among other issues. She has extensive training in restorative justice and mediation, child and adolescent anxiety treatment, and dialectical behavioral therapy, or DBT. She also teaches cello. She plays chamber music in area music ensembles, And she's a yoga and mindfulness practitioner. Thank you for being here, Stephanie. Oh, I'm so glad to be here, Lucy. Well, I'm fascinated by your background. And I think anybody listening might also be. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about your path and how you came to FCPS.
1: Well, I um, became a licensed clinical social worker back in the mid-90s, having finished my master's of social work and I started working for mental health facilities. And I also uh, worked for treatment facilities working with adolescents and children. Um, And I have a passion for education and I just thought coming to the public school system was really a great match for what I wanted to do. Um, I believe in a lot of um, interventions as well as prevention for um, young people so they can live happy healthy lives and that's why I'm here what drew you into social work social work well I I love people I also love solving problems Mm -hmm. Um, and I love helping people and that's what drew me
0: what was your typical day like when you started with FCPS and social
1: work Gosh, well, my um, I particularly worked in some of uh, specialized um, services for students in special education, mm. and it's really supporting the student through the school day, mm-hmm. um, as well as supporting the families, and also um, if there needs to be any coordination with any outside agencies or private providers, we do that work as well. And it's really supporting the student to be the best person that they can be as well and get them to graduation
0: and um, kind of launch them into a successful life. What kinds of things might happen that would cause you to be called or the SCPS social work team to be called that a lot of people might not realize the role you all play? Yeah, we, um, we really promote the safety of
1: students. Um, we So anytime a student may be in any sort of distress, um, there are school social workers, counselors, as well as school psychologists, and we um, would meet with that student and assess the situation. And and from there, figure out the um, interventions necessary to support that
0: student. So basically, you work a lot with uh, other folks from the county and private practice and people who are not involved in FCPS?
1: Absolutely, we do. Of course, with consent.
0: Interesting. Um, One of the... Principles you're rooted in, and you have some experience with, is the DBT, and I think that's fascinating. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about what is dialectical behavioral therapy, and there's some principles that anybody can do to help them cope with different issues or challenges they're facing, and I think it'd be fascinating to uh, share some of that.
1: Right, and that's why I really like dialectical behavioral therapy because it combines a number of practices. It looks at cognitive behavioral therapy and um, using those, um, that background, as well as mindfulness. Um, And all of these skills help create self-regulation for the individual. Um, I could kind of go into the whole history of DBT with Marsha Linehan, um, but really, there's a number of school social workers and school psychologists who have um, a training in DBT, and we, there are skills mm-hmm. that can be taught to anyone. Exactly. And I really believe some of these skills anyone can use.
0: That's what I'm interested yeah. in. Yeah, adults, example, children. Absolutely. Yeah. Give an example of something that might be a problem that you would use a DBT skill to help with.
1: So I think, um, DBT, you can learn how to self-regulate yourself when you're emotionally overwhelmed and, um, some students, some children, the, you know, parents, I mean, we always, you know, we, all of us get emotionally flooded sometimes and we just need to, we either Respond in a way that we would rather not, and then we then re- regret, regret it. it. Right? Yes, or we um, we can kind of take a break. And some of those skills that you learn in DBT are a way to regulate those intense emotions at that time. Um, it also teaches you that these emotions and that that physical feeling of being um, like
0: that intensity inside will pass. Right, yeah. It, would an example be for something like you, you have an urge for a cigarette, or something like that, and you have a, a rubber band around your wrist, so you snap that, is that an example of a DBT, or is that something um, else?
1: Yeah, some people do use that technique. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, for that, DBT is used now in whether it is around substance use mm-hmm. or there's eating, if, you're, if you have issues with eating mm-hmm. um, or just emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, I think the part is the piece that people learn about in DBT that's taught is the mindfulness component. And right. it's really building in that self-awareness and really sitting there before you're picking up that cigarette. But like, what am I truly feeling at this moment?
0: Well, that takes us exactly into what we're going to talk about a little bit here is mindfulness. What is the definition of mindfulness? Because we hear about it No, I'd say in the last five, six years or so. But before that, it was probably called something else, maybe living with intention or something like that. But how would you describe mindfulness? So mindfulness is really
1: the process of purposely bringing one attention to experiences occurring at the present time Mm -hmm. and without judgment.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And it's really focusing, it focuses on the the senses, the five senses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, as adults as children we're rushing through life that's true we're trying to get this done and get that done Um, now we're in the midst of a pandemic and we have this overlying stress over us right and um, we're not really we're just trying to solve things in our head right and not really noticing what's happening in our body how our responses are impacting others. Um, and, and it creates that through practice, you learn about yourself mm-hmm. so you can be a better
0: person for those people around you. Absolutely, and maybe cope with your own situations and your own anxieties or frustrations mm-hmm. Absolutely. or upset. Yes. Um, because it has felt for so many Um, probably almost everyone, like there are things that have been happening that are not in our control with the pandemic. And people have had to face those feelings. And without the skills and the tools, it's probably been pretty tough. It is. It's, um, I
1: think, having particular tools, skills, practices, that ritual, that routine can really ground us Mm -hmm. um, and add some regularity to our lives and also just that, um, that really that sense of routine that we all need during this time because everything around us is constantly shifting and changing. And you're right, we don't have, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't even know what the next five minutes will bring. Um, and how can we be grounded and centered and I think for parents being a model for your child is so important mm-hmm. because your children aren't really listening to what they what you're saying to them mm-hmm. they're really seeing what you're doing right. and they're observing you
0: absolutely what so you are talking a bit about some of the benefits um, Tell me some stories or some issues where this has been successful in your life or in your experiences working with children.
1: Yeah. So I think as a clinical practitioner, we, um, as well as I think about all our teachers and FCPS, um, we practice, we have to practice our self-care. Mm-hmm. Because when we practice self-care, we are better people, so we can be the best people for the children out there. And as parents, if we can practice self-care, we can be the best for our children in our home.
0: Well, let's go through some of the self-care yeah. or mindfulness exercises now. Maybe this will help somebody out there who might be listening.
1: Absolutely. I think what's most important in mindfulness is... It's so broad, but let's start with kind of the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, What's most important is establishing the breath. Mm -hmm. It is something that's free, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: it's something that you can take anywhere. You don't need special equipment. You have your breath. And um if I could teach a little bit about belly breathing, mm-hmm. um, that can start off some mindfulness practice. And so um, through belly breathing, what this is is that is that it's deep breathing. and what you're doing is actually you're inhaling through almost like your stomach. Not through your chest, that's more like anxious breathing, but you want to be able to breathe. And so it takes some practice, mm-hmm. but we can practice now. And you want your lungs to expand downward while you're breathing in. And then you want to exhale through your mouth gently. And you want you might feel your stomach expanding a bit and that's where you wanna feel the breathing and that's deep breathing called belly breathing. So we can practice. And when would you do this and for how long? This can be really be done first thing in the morning as you get up and, you know, right out of bed. Mm -hmm. It is perfect practice for a parent to try um, to sit down with their child as they're beginning the school day Mm-hmm. Um, it's a perfect time right after lunch when a child may need to go back into instruction mm-hmm. for a parent to do this with their child. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and being able to practice this type of breathing and mindfulness, it, it creates an, a connection Between that parent and child, which is so strong.
0: Absolutely. And
1: I do know a lot of teachers that do this, so this is building connections in the classroom as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So let's practice. Sit comfortably and remain alert. Okay. If you feel comfortable, put your hands gently on your tummy. Okay. Breathe in through your nose to the count of four and breathe out gently through your mouth to the count of eight and when you breathe out you want to purse your lips and blow gently like you're blowing a bubble let's try that one more time inhale through your nose one two three four exhale through your mouth with lips pursed One, two three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And parents, and as we come back, parents can try this, you can repeat this three or four times. And what this really does, it it grounds people, it centers us, it... Um, it calms down the nervous system, and it creates a child is able to attend more, to focus more.
0: They've been helping helps the regulate brain. emotion. They've been feeding the brain with that oxygen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's really the core of beginning mindfulness. Take us on a mindfulness walk. People are going to be engaged in virtual schooling for the unforeseen future. And thinking about during breaks, during the day, what do you suggest parents or grandparents or caretakers or guardians, big siblings, older siblings? Give us some tips on what uh, might be helpful for a walk. So as I think about this... um
1: instruction and being in front of a screen and not really physically moving around like students and children have been doing. I mm-hmm. think about how can that guardian uh, parent build in some ritual and routine yes. for that child so there's a sense. Um, so you might want to, like I suggest, you know, maybe incorporate some breathing at transition breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important. There's movement mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. And um, that's actually, I think, a wonderful thing to do for kind of if you're moving from English to math, mm-hmm. and you have that five-minute break. What what can kids do, and what can adults do as we go from one meeting to the next, mm-hmm. and How can we stretch our bodies? We all have to have, like, body breaks to reengage ourselves. So a mindful movement may be anything um, from just, for instance, right before I came. I had been in my house all day. It was a cold air condition. I walked outside Mm -hmm. slowly I stretched my body, put my hands all the way up to the sky. I looked at the beautiful blue sky. Mm -hmm. I felt the sun on me. And I did my breathing. Breathe in. And I breathed out. So you basically took a minute to focus on what was around you. Yeah. And, And part of that... As I talked about, mindfulness is all the senses. Mm-hmm. Um, through different experiences, you can have mindful seeing, mindful tasting, mm-hmm. um, mindful movement.
0: There are probably some of these things you do instinctively as a parent or someone who cares for a child that you don't even know that you're doing, yes. and how how much it can help. Right. I really think um, one of the things a parent can do or a
1: guardian can do with a child is also mindful eating. A lot of times we're just shoving lunch down. We're not really tasting, or not really tasting what we're drinking, mm-hmm. and just slowing ourselves down. Um, there's a course a very you know the mindfulness exercise of tasting a raisin very slowly Mm -hmm. and what does that really taste like and savoring that taste and have you you ask yourself have you ever really tasted a raisin or have you been um, just putting a whole bunch in your mouth and eating it and it can be anything I think what's kind of neat to try with kids and I know some teachers who have tried this in classrooms at snack time, Mm -hmm. is actually to have a silent snack Mm -hmm. where where the children eat their snacks and they're just really focusing on what that snack is tasting like. Is it crunchy? Is it sweet? Is it sour? How quickly can I eat this? How slowly can I eat this? And they're really just focusing on that and not on the distractions of, Talk, talking with their friends or the noise in the classroom. Right. Yeah.
0: Interesting.
1: And then it actually, by doing that, it actually helps recharge us.
0: Right. And we're going to need that, aren't we? Yeah, we are going to need a lot of recharging. I love the idea of the mindfulness walk, too. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at what's around you. Is that a part of it, sort of the visual?
1: Yes, that can be it. Um, that is another thing, I mean, you can do with a you can do with your spouse, you can do with your child or your niece or nephew. You can go on a walk and walk in silence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not about the conversation, right? It's about let's walk for 10 minutes outside, slowly and notice things what you see, mm-hmm. what you smell, what it feels like, the air blowing on you. What it feels like, what's your heart doing? Mm-hmm. And it's building that awareness.
0: And then talking about it maybe later mm-hmm. after those, that Or for stuff.
1: children, it's wonderful if they can draw that yeah. experience. Wonderful. And even for adults.
0: Do you have ideas on resources people can look up if anybody's heard what's anything that? and they like that? We're lots, you lots go? of resources. Um,
1: I didn't write everything down, but there are many apps mm-hmm. that one can use on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, some breathing apps, there's also guided meditations for people. In the school, we offer curriculum such as the Mind Up curriculum. Mind um, Up, okay. Yes, and as well as for older students. We have learning to breathe. Um, So we
0: are teaching mindfulness in schools. Um, Well, I love the idea that, you know, now that parents are going to be home or other people, other adults in the home with kids, just learning more about this kind of important uh, self-regulating for kids when they're trying to work through emotions when their friends may not be right in front of them or right next to them physically. And so they're going to be processing things perhaps and thinking about things a bit differently than they have in the past. So this sounds like a wonderful way to process and work through some of the emotions that people might be feeling.
1: Absolutely.
0: It helps self-regulate
1: all of us. Mm -hmm. It um, reduces stress. It improves our just bodily functionings. And it really is... um, Something that I've practiced for a number of years that over time, if, you know, I wax and wane in my practice, Mm -hmm. but when I am not practicing to what I'm used to, I can feel it in my body, I can, you know, my kind of anxiousness might increase, um, and I can really tell that about myself. So it becomes a habit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, I love it. And it's it's great. You can take it anywhere, whether you're on an airplane in another country, whether you're sitting on the beach or in your car, sitting on the metro with your child at a soccer game, anywhere.
0: Well, I think we're going to have to talk a bit more in future podcast Healthy Minds podcast episodes about mindfulness and about the different techniques and about how much it can help because I think parents are gonna want to know more about it. Stephanie Herman, thank you for being here with us today. This time flew by, I'm so sorry. Um, but I know that you probably have a, a place to go now and with school just around the corner, I know it's a very busy time for all parents and staff and students, so I know people are thinking with some trepidation about what might be ahead next week. So do you have any closing thoughts for those parents and students? I enjoyed
1: being here this afternoon. I really, for specific you had questions about resources, I encourage our parents um, to reach out to their school counselor or school social worker or school psychologist that we are uh, versed in this and we can get the proper resources to them.
0: Absolutely. That sounds great. Thank you again, Stephanie Herman. Do you have a topic you'd like Healthy Minds podcast to explore? Please let us know and send your suggestions to healthyminds at fcps.edu. Thank you.